We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you'll get actionable business advice. Hear stories from industry leaders. And share a laugh or two with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy. One conversation at a time. Four. Three. Two. One. Ignition. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Key, president of Pioneer X, and today I'm here with Marsha. Hello, my name is Marsha Bivens, and I'm the director of marketing for Pioneer X. Today we're here with Bruno Ching. He is the owner of Inland Pharmacy out of Hemet, California. So tell us, let's just start off. We'll start off non-business. Tell us a little about your history. How do you, how did, how did you get where you are today? Okay, well, um, well, we could start from somewhat the very beginning where I uh, had to decide what I was going to be uh, out of high school. Uh, so I have uh, just a little uh, family history. Uh, I have an older sister and a younger brother. So the way that the middle child works is the middle child usually always never gets an option or a choice. Okay. Because right? the first one gets to do whatever they want. Well, this is this is my take on okay. it as a middle child. First one gets to do whatever they want. And if they don't succeed, the second one does exactly what the parents want. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I, I had in my mind, okay, maybe oral surgeon. Something like that. Okay. But uh, no, only applied to one school, which was my dad's alma mater. So uh-huh. uh, that's that's how I got. You know, eventually, I, I grew to, to love it. The mix of business and pharmacy together. It's just right up. It's it's my cup of tea. I just love it. Okay. And then uh, Let, let's back up a little yeah. bit earlier yeah. before we go forward. What about the Tahiti? I, I read an interesting, we read that interesting uh-huh. fact that you're originally from Tahiti. So, so take, yes. us, take us back to okay. Tahiti. All right. So uh, my uh, biologic father passed away when I was little. Okay. okay. Uh, my mom remarried um, and uh, we moved to uh, California, Hemet, California. So how old were you? Jeez, uh, I, I think I was maybe four. Okay. Three or four. Pretty so, young. So not yeah. really from Tahiti, but cool to say you're from Tahiti. You don't remember well, no, a lot about Tahiti. I, I, no, I used to go back every summer. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. Yeah. All, a lot of my relatives are still there. So. So yeah. what's cool about Tahiti? So you went back um, there every summer as a kid. Um, maybe that was back in the day. You still got to, before we got hover parents and you got to run around and do stuff. What did you enjoy about Tahiti? Ooh, I, th- I think uh, what I recall the best is the French pastries. French just, you pastries? Know, you, really? French pastries. Because it's, it's French Polynesia, okay. right? So okay. it's a French colony. So um, I used to love these uh, strawberry fruit tarts. Oh. Like uh, they, my, my relatives, the morning that I would arrive or the evening I would arrive the next morning, strawberry fruit tarts, cause they knew they were my favorite. Right. And then nice. Napoleon's and I just, I, I just love, I, I have a sweet tooth. So I love French pastry. And then the coffee, I remember and any coffee that's not from the U S seems to taste better for some reason. So I, I love the pastry. I love the coffee. I think you that's and my husband remember, would agree on that that statement any coffee that's not from the u.s is going to taste better i just i just that's all i really remember um you know i uh the last time i went was wow it's been at least uh i want to say 10 maybe 10 years since wow. i've been any of the uh scuba or surfing or any of that kind of uh snorkeling well 
oddly enough, I, I really don't like water that much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, you're asking I do, water I do sports. like snorkeling, but uh, I, I just never got around to surfing. Um, I just didn't really like water. It's, huh. it's I think, uh, maybe a traumatic traumatic experience as a child. I, I don't remember what it was. I, you know, I actually, I think I know what it was. It was, I was deathly afraid of eels. Okay. And, eels. Okay. and there were, there were eels everywhere. <laughs> so, so I just didn't want to get in the water huh. at that point as a kid. So. We, we have a guy who works here who's worked with me for quite a long time named Paul Kerrig and he's from Ireland. And one of the things he talked about a lot when he first started working together is that he was from an island and he didn't swim and he didn't like fish. Uh, <laughs> now, today, uh, and I don't know why, he ended up going on a vacation to Hawaii and he took the, the plunge and he learned how to swim and he learned how to scuba. And he's eating fish now. So he's uh, he's migrated along. But that was always a big joke was I'm from an island and I don't swim and I don't like fish. So do you like you like fish? I do. I do. I love sushi. Yeah. yeah, I, I bet you get sushi. a lot of good sushi in yeah. California. I yeah, there's sushi. some there's some good restaurants. Yeah. All right, so all right, so Tahiti. Then you went to high school in California. Where where uh-huh. in California? Himmet, so Southern California. Okay. Um, South. Uh, so of, the that... biggest cities around this area are probably going to be Riverside and Palm Springs. Okay, okay. so well south. Area. Yeah. Um, and then you went to college, private school. Right. Uh, Went to uh, University of the Pacific in Stockton. Yeah. And so um, so you graduated from college. Oh, so did you enroll in college to be a pharmacist? Yes. So I did the five year program, two year undergrad, three year year round. What what made you 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 mentioned that you initially wanted to do oral surgery. What made you switch from oral surgery to pharmacology? Uh, Parents. 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 (laughs) Now, that was because your older sister. Decided not to be a pharmacist. Well, that's that's my theory. That's okay. my theory. Okay. Yeah. She, she, I think she changed her majors a few times, and then they said, "Okay, no, you're going to pharmacy school." What is your <laughs> What does your sister do today? She's a teacher, so oh. she she made it. Yeah, a very honorable profession. Yes. Did, did the younger sibling get a choice, or? Oh uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. After After the second one is successful, the third one can do whatever they want. <laughs> oh, because yeah, that's so. So that's an example of raising kids. You need you, one successful one that you're going to count you're on. You're hard on the first one to take care of, and you. then the second one you get easier on because you forget what it took to make the first one good. Well, he, you're like, oh yeah, that just, turned out good. He said that the oldest one got it easy. He got it hard. Yeah, the oldest one too. Yeah. The oldest one gets it easy. The middle one gets the grunt, and the the youngest one gets it easy. Yeah, interesting. I just had two, so I had the had two very different children, of course. Um, all right, so so we went to Farm D school. We were the super smart, so we did the five year program. Worked really hard. What did you do after you got out? Uh, so initially, after getting out, I worked a little with my dad, and then decided to move to Orange County, and then I worked retail out there for a little while. I worked for uh, Savon Albertsons. And then uh, eventually went to Walgreens for a little bit. And then my dad convinced me to come back and manage the pharmacy because he was he wanted to retire. So, so the pharmacy you're in was your dad's pharmacy? Yes. Awesome. Yep. That's very cool. Now, was his dad a pharmacist? Uh, no. Okay. So he was the first generation yes. pharmacist? Yes, so second generation pharmacist. Yeah. Is he still around? He's, he's still around, mainly uh, uh, traveling. Okay. He didn't yeah. come in the pharmacy and tell you what you're doing wrong? Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> but, but, but my mom my mom is here. Okay. 
and and she does a lot of that. So that's great. So your mom's still working in the pharmacy. She does help a lot as uh, uh, like in a clerk. um, Okay, clerk role. Nice. I hope I get a chance to meet them one day. What what city Uh, is Inland in? Hemet. How far are you from Temecula? Uh, forty-five minutes. Oh, nice. Okay. One of my favorite venues. There's an angle. We'll go see go see Bruno and and visit Temecula. Come on by. Do you, do you like wine? So uh, I do. I used to drink a lot of red. Only. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's but an... I've cut back significantly. Virtually nothing. So. Yeah, I uh, I drink moderately, and then COVID happened, and I revenge you, drank. You and revenge ate, and and now I'm back to normal. I so. think you and Helen and Mark combined funded yeah. the liquor store. I, I think there was a. Was uh, too much excesses during uh, during COVID there. All right, so that was 2003. So when did you actually get to take over the pharmacy? So I think the moment uh, I came back, I kind of started, um, you know, wielding everything, you know, in the direction that I wanted it to go. And uh, at that time, we were still focused on retail, retail, retail. So I was focused on efficiencies, right? Things were, some things were not operating as well. I, I wanted to streamline things and make it, uh, you know, work smarter, not harder. So uh, I think that it's at that point that I started Sync. Okay. You know, um, nice. Yeah. We have some cool stuff coming out in Sync that's in beta right now at Bob's store. So you oh, should great. be uh, looking for that probably in the next, well, we're probably going to release January. it around the weekend with Pioneer. In Montana. It's going to happen in Montana. Mm-hmm. So the first, the about the second week in January. But it's going to allow you to message the patient for those oh, patients great. who don't want to call. So it'll uh-huh. message them and say, hey, we've started your, your regular meds. Click here to complete it. And then the first screen is going to ask them, hey, here's the stuff you normally get. Uncheck anything you don't want. The next screen mm-hmm. says, here's some things you get sometimes. Check the ones you want. Uh, and here's mm-hmm. some OTCs maybe recommended by the pharmacist. Do you want any of these? Uh, are you going to the doctor between now and blank date, which is your sync date? And, um, and then once they walk through that five screens, it sends that data to the pharmacy and it has it mm-hmm. right there in the sync area. And then you can update everything. And if you see something alarming, give them a call. Great. Yeah. So it allows people who don't want to be called to still feel like they have some control. And so, yeah. uh, we're seeing a really good, uh, really good adoption by patients in, in Bob's pharmacy. So. And Great. you can see future things where you have a monthly thing you update, like smoking use or um, maybe ask them the three questions that lead you for depression, you know, that says, hey, if they answer these three questions this way, you, you're going to do a follow-up, mm-hmm. a more deeper analysis. So lots of neat things that you can undo there. So Maybe uh, they can incorporate later when it's like flu season to check a box here or schedule an appointment or that'd be awesome. So what's going on in your pharmacy? Tell me what's uh, what are what are you excited about today? Um, uh, well, there's there's a ton of stuff going on that we're trying to build infrastructure for, and uh, things that we have built infrastructure for already. But I think you know, as everyone is focused on shifting to clinical, uh, I think COVID is is still kind of like this this behemoth that's like taking all our attention away from the things that we ought to be doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so our state is making some big changes, California. Uh, they're switching a lot of the managed care um, to fee-for-service uh, 
So a lot of it's going back to straight Medi-Cal fee-for-service. Okay. So that's initially that's going to create uh, some headache maybe for the first couple months in California as we transition, you know, all all the patients to fee-for-service Medi-Cal. But that also I feel like that uh, that opens some opportunity because the managed care still is still in charge of their you know overall health. Right. It's it's just the prescriptions they're no longer managing. So there's going to be a lot of synergies um, with managed care, I think, um, next year. And there's already some going on right now, like I'm, I'm in a pilot program with one of the major MCOs in our area uh, to manage. Currently, the target is asthma COPD. And uh, okay. the um, we do what's called comprehensive medication management. So it's like a full on holistic approach to the patient, uh, not only addressing their asthma, but also any other disease states that they may have. And um, the goal is to reduce hospitalizations and yep. ER visits. So that's, I think that's like, it's, it's standard what most plans want. They want to reduce costs and improve patient care. So right? the so the, the people that you're piloting this with, is it a per member per month? Is it a um, some kind so of it, fee for service? So it is uh, initially the way that it works is appointment base. Okay. Uh, so we get paid for appointments up to a certain amount. And then at the end of the measurement period, if we were able to reduce their uh, their utilization score, then we get uh, paid a bonus to do that. So okay. it's, it's pretty interesting. They're starting out small. And uh, that's why it's still a pilot and to see if it's something that they can do on a larger scale. But it does require... Um, it, it does require uh, the proper staff, the proper workflow, because, you know, you're, you're doing all medical billing type activities. It's not right. prescription mm-hmm. filling. But there is there are some synergies, too. So, for instance, if you have a collaborative practice agreement and that patient happens to be uh, one of those prescribers patients, then you can uh, make adjustments, add drugs that are missing um, and tailor tailor the patient uh, um, drug therapy appropriately. So there's, it's, it's a win-win. You can, you can, it also helps with sync also helps identify patients that should be on, you know, certain types of uh, emergency meds that they're not on, or if they need, you know, like a, uh, uh, some kind of patient education, arrow chambers, or if they need to be trained on how to use a peak flow meter, there's, there's, there's a variety of different services that uh, can be attached to it. Was this a, a part of CPSN? Or was this this, a- was, this was another um, program uh, uh, that was uh, uh, the brainchild of USC and LA Care and IHP. Uh, it's called the California Right Meds Collaborative. Okay. So that's so it's just um, uh, they wanted a holistic approach to um, to taking care of patients, and uh, they wanted to try that out. How long is that the pilot period? Oh, we've been, um, I think we've been doing this current pilot for over uh, almost a year. Um, and then what they'll do is they'll switch to another disease state focus um, every year and then bring on additional pharmacies. So that's, that's the goal is to expand. Huh. You know. How, um, how is the, so you've been doing it a year. How's the success been? Uh, right now it's, at initially, it was it was pretty good because uh, we did have a few patients. But what we're finding out is, I guess our patients, the patients in our area, are pretty well managed because what they do is they they do um, you know they filter down the data um, and they look for those high risk patients. And um, my store didn't have very many of them, 
So they're reaching out to the existing, you know, they're, they're reaching out the radius. Okay. So that it encompasses more patients. So. Are uh, they so we'll reaching out and trying to get people to switch to your pharmacy to be under this program? Well, that's, that's not the that's not the goal of the okay. program. It's, it's it's more um we can manage these patients if they're not ours as right. well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the ones they're finding, you're managing them, but they're not necessarily switching their prescriptions to you. Right. So we haven't had uh we've had small handful of those type of patients. Um it's just the the pool of patients is not that huge. Um uh initially you know, they, uh, they, they target patients based on what they call the rub score. And that's the utilization band score, okay. um, cost, cost score. Um, and apparently in our area or my pharmacy, we've managed our patients well enough that they don't have high scores. Interesting. So they have to reach out, um, and find patients that have high scores that are going to different pharmacies or that are, uh, you know, within the vicinity. So because the idea is also face to face is is an important aspect of this. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the one of the challenges there of being a better pharmacy is that you don't have as much improvement to try to sell somebody on. You know, why should I pay you for this? You're already doing it and doing a great job. You know, well, you have to pay me for it because if I leave, the next guy's not going to do a great job, right? You've got to invest in me to keep, you've got to realize I'm doing this. And those guys down the street who are selling beauty products, they're not going to do it. And, you know, that's a sell, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging one. So what else, what else is going on? So, so we're doing this pilot program. So, um, so along the same lines, um, that, uh, the clinical switch is, is what we're looking for. The state has now opened what they call um, their pharmacy MTM program. And that allows us to medically bill, uh, you know, to, to manage, uh, you know, high risk patients, you know, patients that are on exp expensive, complex medication therapy, multiple disease states. And that also has the same similar workflow as doing CMM. And some of these other activities that, you know, that we engage in already. Um, but now it's a billable, it'll be a billable activity. Okay. And that's Medicaid? So that's Medicaid, state Medicaid. Yeah. So we're transitioning pretty well. And, and the, uh, for Medicaid, it's, it's actually very broad, the criteria for the ability for us to bill, uh, for that. So I, I feel like, um, if, if you haven't already been participating in, in transformation projects like Flip the Pharmacy or to get ready for these clinical services, there's no way that you're going to be able to do huh. MTM. It's just, it takes so much out of workflow. You need, you know, you have to pull someone out uh, to do it. And then if you haven't been doing vaccinations or haven't been using some kind of scheduling platform, uh, a lot of these are schedule based or appointment based um, type right. activities. So that's that's why it's important. Um, you know, you, you have to learn how to do it before yep. you actually start doing it. What are you using for scheduling? So we use um, uh, Acuity okay. um, for different types of scheduling. We also use the state's uh, vaccine um, vaccine platform, MyTurn, uh, to do scheduling for vaccines. So like uh, services like. Um, you know, flu shots and uh, testing and things like that will we'll filter through acuity. What would you, um, so some of these things like, oh, hey, I should be trying to do flip the pharmacy. What, what would you say to somebody in California who's not in CPSN? I, I think you need to join CPSN. <laughs> I think you need to, you know, I, 
you know, we're, we're a group of like-minded pharmacies that are focused on, you know, clinical to, to step outside of the box and do something other than filling. And I, I think that um, it's important to be part of this uh, group and think, you know, because my, my motto has always been, you know, there's no way that I myself can manage a plan that has a million lives. It's just right. impossible, right? Yep. We have to work as a group and you have to start thinking, you know, togetherness instead of independentness. You know, you, you got you to gotta think consolidated yep. because large Large companies, they don't want to deal with individual companies and contract with individual companies. Mm-hmm. They would rather do a single sign-on, single yep. contract right. with a large clinical network, right? Yep. Just has, makes more sense cost-wise. Has it been growing? Has CPS in California been growing? We have been growing, yes. Um, and uh, you know, we still need a ton of pharmacies to make what we call network adequacy. Okay. But California, it's it's a very hard market. You know, Everyone is still very focused on themselves. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I was guilty of it for a long, long, long time um, until, you know, the realization came like, I, yeah, there's no way I can do this by myself. You know, we need, I, I need to start sharing information. I need to, you know, start educating people because, you know, uh, but another saying is, you know, uh, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. Yep. So, so what, yeah. what was it that made you get to that point that said, hey, I need to be on CPSN? And well, I need to be doing MedSync. So a long time ago, uh, I attended, it was, I think it was at a, a thought spot and I saw the presentation and I saw that it was being done. I, I was, it was in my head already. I was like, I, we need to do more clinical, you know, we've got to do something clinical because that's where the future is. You know, the, the reimbursement is, is horrible right? Right. and it's not getting any better. And the DRE fees are getting higher every year. It's like, uh, we need to take ourselves out of that. So when I saw it, it was instant click. Like, do we have that for California? And why haven't I heard of it? And, and, you know, we haven't, we hadn't had it in California yet. So, so you were member number what in California, CPSN? Uh, like onboarded. Number one. I <laughs> so, believe that. I, I don't know. You know, there was like maybe through two or three of us and we we're all Came like, at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so besides helping other pharmacists, um, and answering their questions about how to make their, what do you, what do you do for fun? What's your outside uh, passion? Outside of pharmacy, what's your yeah. passion? So you, you've got so kids. I am a I'm a closet gamer. Gamer. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. I I am a closet. I'll I'll game anything. Um, anything. So are anything. you are you PC I mean, or? Uh, I used to PC a lot, but uh, for some reason I stopped for a while, and then I tried it just you know just to see what it was like, and I was like dizzy <laughs> oh really the, the motion was it, it killed me okay so i've been i've been tablet gaming a lot i uh, i also uh i enjoy uh games like uh old school games like tetris and dr mario those kind of uh you know fitting pieces together and mm-hmm. clearing things it's it just Interesting. I don't know. I, Yoshi's I'm, I'm mesmerized. well <laughs> that's a that's a kind of those kind of games are unwinding you know you like yeah. that kind of you know, I, I I love the puzzle games where you get to kind yeah. of connect. And there was one game, Yoshi's Cookie, that I dominated anybody that played with me. That was that Yoshi's was my game. Cookie. Yoshi's Cookie. He's like iPhone games. Out. You play like phone games. He said tablet uh, games. So. Tablet games. Tablet game. Well, I you know I like I I kind of really enjoy the shoot 'em up games. Uh, first person. Okay. Shoot 'em up. What are you playing so, right now? What do you, uh, you play this? PUBG Mobile. PUBG Mobile. Mobile. Okay. okay. Yes. So check that out. 
Yeah. Yeah. What What is it? It's a shoot 'em up game, but what? It's a I shoot, mean, it's you know, it's just a, it's similar. Let's see, well, there are some other. It's it, it's kind of like it's. Is it like a tower defense type? No, it, it's um. Let's see, what are some other popular games that would be similar? Like first uh, person shooter, like Doom. Like mo- like Modern Warfare. Have you ever seen okay. that? Mm-hmm. Like Rainbow Six or yeah, okay, those, those type of those type of games. Okay. Yeah. Your daughter's good at the little first person shooters. Yeah, she is. She loves to get she's, a grappling hook. She's, she's, she's scary good. She's really good at, <laughs> at the at the grappling hook. But Mark's had her playing games like that since she was four, like Call of Duty. Yeah, We're yeah, great Call parents. of Duty. Yeah, yeah I'm more <laughs> of a, play that a lot. I'm more of a strategy like civilization yep. or yeah, I love or, those games too. Or but build they take a too much time. <laughs> build a village and um, go to somebody else's village. Go over time. Yeah, yeah, the whole. Uh, Age so of Empires. Build, mm-hmm. yep. Age, I love Age of Empires. Yep. 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 Oh, I Played love StarCraft. Warcraft. Yep. Yeah. Where your technology grows mm-hmm. and your yes. city grows. Although Mackie and Cohen's latest games creep me out. The there there's one where she's walking around in the dark with a flashlight and there's like a ghost that's trying that's trying to capture them. And you're trying to avoid the ghost. And then the second one that they play together. Um, you're on a team of four and you're trying to activate all these lights while there's a serial killer trying to capture and kill you. Yeah, no wonder our kids are messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and, I, I think I've played that game. It's it's off, off a tablet too, right? Yeah, I think Everyone there's a tablet version. Yeah, oh, I wow. think there's a tablet version, yeah. but Mark and the, the kids will be on PC and Mark plays on Xbox with them. And they're just in there yelling at each other going, he's got me, he's got me. All right, let me get this light and I'll come grab you. And and it's very violent. Like the yeah. guy, the killer grabs you and throws you on like a grappling hook. But oh, I think that's, that's families working <laughs> together. I remember. I just um, wish it'd be a less when, violent when, way. When, when my kids were little or a little, um, you know, probably your kid's age. Okay. Um, we all had computers in this room above the garage. Yeah, but y'all weren't playing serial killer games. No, but we were playing, we were playing, um, Baldur's Gate and things like where we were all, you know, people and we were exploring dungeons and, and the monsters would come out. We're yelling at each other, you know, what you do this, you do this, you do that. And so you've got kids, obviously tell us about your kids. So I got a, a, a junior in high school and okay. a uh, freshman in college. I have a junior yeah. in high school also. She's my oldest. So boys. So both girls. Oh, both, both girls. girls. Yep. So uh, the, do, they, do they game with dad? Uh, well, they don't. They don't. They don't. Because <laughs> dad, dad well, they don't. was too competitive. So they stopped. <laughs> they stopped playing with yeah. dad. Oh. Uh, but they, they enjoy similar games. I think Minecraft is what they yeah. enjoy. Yeah. 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 Minecraft is my, my youngest. Play that quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. My son played the, Minecraft. The I, I dabbed in it a little guilty. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing the whole build it, you know, um, her son Cohen, he'll just build and build and hey, Mister Jeff, look, look what I built. I build this. Look how this lever does this. Yeah. And just this this mindset of yeah. this this creation of just spending all this time building these worlds um, than to play in. It's just uh, so there's a I think there's a positive you know not the serial killer model but there's some positives pieces in the in the whole technology gaming and you 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 miss the piece where the little demons the little what are the little green guys. That come uh, up on creepers. Yeah, creepers. the creepers. The creepers show up, and then he's got to kill them. You're missing that piece. <laughs> it's okay. He still well, built a there, world. <laughs> there are a lot of elements, though, which is are quite interesting. Programming type elements within the yep. game. Oh yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's how I got into computers. My uh my friend's parents bought him a TRX eighty, which is one of the first computers, right? Uh-huh. And um I was gonna build a game, you know. <laughs> and 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 so that was I spent hours on his computer. I don't know if he picked up much on it. He went and ended up going into nuclear power and becoming a doctor, but So the two girls, so you've got one in college. Uh huh. Um, what is she going to school for? Right now, she is on the medicine track. So was the medical track her idea, or was this your idea? Was, I, I think it was her idea. Okay. Uh, she and what is let the, her do whatever she wanted. And then what does the youngest want to do? Uh, no idea yet. No, no idea. idea? Yeah, my son was on the probably medical track, and he ended up being a chemical engineer. So everybody talked him out of it. I remember when he was like junior high or high school, you said he's going to clown college. No, I said he's going to join the circus. The circus, yeah, yeah. yeah my my um, an, an interesting first child, second child. We didn't have a, a middle child, but um, you know, my daughter wanted to do what dad did, right? So daughter's a computer scientist. She works for me. Um, the son wanted to do, wanted to be like, hey, dad, what did you not like, right? And I was like, you know, I really didn't like chemistry. So, oh, okay, note to self. So he loves chemistry, became a chemical engineer. So, uh, but there was a day he's a kind of wandering spirit. Like, yeah, he's going to, there was for years and people would ask, well, what do you, what's, what's Kyle going to do? Oh, he's going to join the circus. <laughs> he's kids. Find, find something to rebel in. What is your, um, your, what do they enjoy? They, any sports, any things like that? Uh, you know, they're book readers. So they enjoy that. They do music. They're, they're wonderful singers. So right, they nice. also both play piano and uh, they started with strings early on, but okay. uh, they stopped that just too much time. String um, being violin uh, or harp? Vi- or? Violin and cello. cello. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. I love the violin. I love the way it sounds. But I always worry you'd have problems with your neck doing that a lot. Like, yeah. And the high, high frequency pitch is not good either. Oh, not good yeah. for your ears? Huh. Didn't think about that being right there. Yeah. But I mean, I, I imagine most that start in that third younger age and they kind of build that muscle. So do you sing? Handle it. Uh, I'd like to think that I can, but the reality is no, not, not you don't have like family singing where y'all all (laughs) All, gather around the piano and, and sing (laughs) together. I'm not as coordinated as my kids are. So I, I play the piano, but I can't play and sing. Okay. I I can't do two things. And I, I can't do like, I, I can do melody. I cannot do harmony. Yeah. <laughs> so I, there's no way that I can play and, and sing at the same time. So, okay, going back to pharmacy, your your pharmacy practice. So what, why, I mean, other than, you know, the basic answers of why technology is essential, what would you say as far as why is technology been essential for you and your practice? Or what pieces? What are some of the pieces you said? Acuity? Sure. Okay, so... First of all, probably to have a good understanding of my MO, the way I operate. Um, again, my, the way that I operate is work smart, not hard. Okay. Right? okay. So over the course of years, I've developed some knowledge in uh, some basic things like, you know, PDF creation, like you're working with Adobe Acrobat. Um, because forms back then, prior to online type forms were like essential and crucial, right? You mm-hmm. had repetitive tasks that you had to do. Okay. The best thing was to create a form. Um, and then, so that I think was like the single most defining change 
other that that was not like a technology type. Well, it is technology, but it's not like robots, right? Right. Um, so that changed a lot of the workflow in the pharmacy. Then uh, the introduction to like filling machine, like I, I started with the Parada Mini. Okay. And then okay. Um, uh, that worked out great. So I got a second one. Um, so is the Mini the too. one that you hold the bottle up to? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we did that because it kind of, you can control what's coming out, right? Yep. And then, um, um, so we, we loved it. We loved it. And then it got to the point where, hey, people are missing. <laughs> you know, we need someone to go and actually retrieve them. <laughs> and, and so we switched over to the Max, uh, the Max 2. So okay. it's, it's been great because that, you know, it caps, it labels, and it's, it's ready to go. Um, and then, uh, actually, before we got that, we also had icons. Icons were essential yep. to okay. uh, some kind so of counting device. You said you mm-hmm. had icons. Do you still have icons? We still have. Okay. We still have. I have two icons. Yeah. Uh, those are essential, too, because, you know, you have stuff that does, can't go through the robot. Um, and so it's very it's very important to have those. And then you, it tracks them. It numbers them. Um, so I, we, love, we loved our, our icons. We still, you know, we still use them daily. Um, so those are the two, like, robot pieces did you keep the minis when you got the max uh, i got rid of the minis okay yeah because the max was like it like overkilled both minis you know right you, the two minis were doing a lot yeah. the max just like takes it to another level well yeah the max he said that with the minis yeah. you need people and the right. max it is a person is the um is that the max that has the camera in it that takes a picture from the top of the pills yes. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, the capacity, I, it almost doubled my capacity of what I could stick in the robot. Huh. Um, yeah. So we have a lot of stuff coming out of there that, that counts and it's ready to go. It helps with workflow significantly. Yep. Um, you just have to be at the right volume, I think, to, to make so, that yeah. a, a good. What are you doing for adherence packaging? Uh, right now, we are using two types of uh, uh, packing. We use um, uh, the dispill uh bubble packing and then we use the traditional um uh bubble packing blister packing for single dose type packing single so, blister so, so it's all manual. like uh like single blister yeah yeah we do we do multi-pack or um put multiple drugs in you know just like we do with the dispill as well mm-hmm. with those but it's those are a little slightly complicated patients kind of prefer uh some patients prefer those over um individually packed uh, drugs and then um, I, I contemplated pouching, okay. but uh, again, that that requires personnel, and, right? Uh, unless that can be automated. That's you know, um, the bubble packing requires personnel too, but it's a lot quicker to do, you know, than interesting than the pouching. Do you do anything yeah. that assists you in the building your multi dose packs? No, no, yeah. So just no technology to to do that. And we don't, you know, we don't do a high, high, high volume of that. Um, And a lot of it is like, uh, you know, some, some of it's repeat type medications that we could technically, if we wanted to uh, get a packing, some packing equipment, but I I think it's not, we're not at that point where we're doing enough of it it to, to substantiate the purchase. What percentage of your patients are on sync? Uh, The majority, um, I, 90 plus probably wow. uh, the goal is to to put well they get on sync but to stay on sync is a different story because now we have several variables you know the doctor's refills yep. uh, mm-hmm. non-compliance you know so there's there's a lot of variables that throw those off 
Uh, if they're on controlled medications that don't have refills, then you got to sync to the controls. Yep. So, you know, it, it's not, it's, it's not a walk in the park. Uh, and, and we still like to call our patients. Yep. Um, because uh, we we gather other information mm-hmm. on those calls, you know, metrics or vitals, you know, how's your blood pressure been, you know, what's mm-hmm. the last reading, those those kind of nice. uh, questions. So, um, what's your enrollment trick for getting a patient? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're gonna call. Well, so what we do is we we really use a modified version of the sync. We we use the sync call version. Okay. So okay. we we tailor everything based off of that call. Um, I haven't uh um. I haven't jumped in to fully utilizing, you know, the full sync model uh, through Pioneer. Oh, now we have to go what? see them. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're using just the call, uh, uh, the sync call feature. So we use that to call. You're not using so, the cues. You're just calling it, kicking it right into data entry from the call. So from the call, we, we, uh, we set it to future fill or okay. there's refills that we need sent to future refill requests. Um, and that's how we operate. Um, and, you know, to, we really like that touch right. with the patient. You know, we really need to, to touch that patient. Well, that model as has a touch in it. Yeah. So in that, I mean, in the model, have you assigned um, pharmacy techs as caregivers to certain patients? So, like, every time I get a call from your pharmacy, I know it's Amy. And I come in and I look for Amy. Yeah, the health coach we, concept. No. We we don't do that. Um and the reason we don't do that is because we don't know who's going to be in okay. on any right, given so day. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the problem of COVID right now, right? It's yeah. like, ever since that hit, it's like, why aren't you coming to work? What's, what's going on? But y'all so, use, y'all enroll them. You mark them as enrolled in sync yes. and use the uh-huh. date in there so you can manage your short fills properly. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I'll have to explore that more offline to see, really understand. We probably should go see him really try to figure out what the workflow is and see what we're, uh, if you're not using it, there's something that we're missing. So, you know, trying to figure out what the, well, what that is. Honestly, you know, it's just like any software. I was afraid of not having what I needed, you know, to, to do what I wanted to do. Right. So that's, so uh, I haven't fully investigated all the updates and things that you guys have done to the sync program, you know, to be fair. Um, but just, we, we have been set in our ways right now. Right. To do it the way they're doing it. So because it's not broken, we don't want to try to fix it yet. Yeah, that's a pretty, well, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to try to see, you know, what, what we would look for there is to see what are the artifacts are there, you know, what uh-huh. stuff they're writing down. They got to be uh-huh. writing down something somewhere. Um, so, you know, what's, what's being kept on paper and um, so that'd be interesting. We'll have to, we'll have to do that. Um, give an excuse to go by Temecula. <laughs> so where do you see independent pharmacy going in the next five to 10 years? Well, definitely see a hybrid uh, pharmacy. Hopefully, um, you know, I think what the trend I'm seeing is uh, owners are finally realizing, hey, we need a clinical pharmacist. Right. You know, someone mm-hmm. on staff just to do clinical work. And, and I think it's a growing trend now. Um, and so hopefully that's where we're at in five years. We're doing a lot more uh, medical billing um, uh, and working, you know, working in collaboration with plans and prescribers, um, you know, kind of like a an ACO model, but not an ACO model. Right. So some type of integration where mm-hmm. it's mutually beneficial for everyone is is the way that I think it's it's going. What do you think about the new the covid pills? Uh, that should be interesting. Um, 
you know, there's there's a lot of conspiracy talk. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's that, pretend that that chip yeah. that uh, that pill doesn't have a chip in it or something. So. Yes. So um, the distribution model right now, I think it's pretty much state. It's going to be state controlled. I guess okay. local jurisdiction controlled. Um, I know that there's going to be some federal pharmacy partners um, that are going to sign. I know that CPSN has signed to be uh, a partner. Nice. Uh, but we don't have too many details. Um, I did see an article recently about something about uh, the Pfizer being 90% effective. Yeah. Or something, yeah. Which is, yeah. I think the one I saw this morning was 85% effective against uh, serious hospitalization. So that's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So distribution wise, we'll, we'll see how that works out under the EUA. Um, yeah. Do you think it'll um, be uh, pharmacist prescribed in California? I, I think it probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I that think would be the what, ideal. what I'd like, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no she said, said that, that would be that, ideal. That would be ideal. Yeah. That's the well, ideal. Yeah, it's, and that's, this is what I was going to mention. I mean, it's, it's incredible. If you think about a healthcare emergency in pharmacies, we can test, we can vaccinate and we can treat. I mean, where can you do all three? Really? It's, it's no one is quite as nimble as independent pharmacy. Yep. You, know, you need something set up. You need a, a contract. You talk to the owner, boom, done. Right. It's it's nimble, yep. fast, effective. And I think that um, uh, health departments are starting to recognize, the uh, you know, how quick we can get things up and running. Yeah. And what we hope is that CPSN, because historically the one guy's nimble, mm-hmm. but working with a thousand of the one guys isn't nimble. Right. So hopefully yeah. what CPSN brings to the table is expanding that nimbleness nimbleness of the one guy to the nimbleness of the blah 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 to the thousand so <laughs> well yeah it's like it's like not having to reinvent the wheel is is exactly what cpsn is all about i don't have to come up with the way to do it well i could and then i could share the best practice and then we can just make it you know it's continuous quality improvement making things work better faster and more efficient you know as a group so when do you think the pill will be in the pharmacies Ah, boy. Because um, it has FDA rate, approval, right? The rate that it's going right now, uh, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be that quick. Um, I think we're still looking at least two, three weeks. I, I just don't see it progressing as fast as it should be. Well, that, I mean, two to three weeks to me is fast. Yeah. I mean, compared to like, well, you just say maybe it's summer. So yeah. you think they have the supplies? You know, well, the, supply is going to definitely be an issue. Yeah, right? that's why they have to regulate uh, with the state. The state's going to have to regulate. Imp- I mean, look at monoclonals; they they have to regulate that like crazy. I mean, I I was signed up to get some. I still haven't got any. Yeah, so, a lot of pharmacists really aren't. Um, you know, the the concept of having somebody who you know has COVID come into uh-huh. your pharmacy, right, and to have to be there for what is it, an hour? Hour, hour, yeah. And watch them. And if they have an event, have to give them mouth to mouth or some type of resuscitation. Uh, A lot of pharmacies are like, yeah, I'm not. Not doing that. You got to collect vitals too. That's part of the clinical monitor, right? Mm. Blood pressure, probably, uh, you know, oxygen saturation. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you can deliver the pill or or give them the pill out the drive through window or or still maintain. So I I think the pill is going to go over much more effectively than the. Yes. Yeah. Versus four, four shots subcutaneous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I think you'll see that quickly. Who wouldn't want to be that company? I think you'll quickly could if it's eighty five percent effective. I think you'll quickly see that go away. But that could if the pill's effective, that could end in the the pandemic because hey, I've got a treatment. I got a treatment that works. Doesn't matter if a bunch of people get it; they just get treated, and we roll yeah. on. And uh, hopefully, it won't be political not to take the pill. You know, so <laughs> yeah, the vaccine's already been political, and it's it's just been frustrating. Political enough. Yeah. But yeah. interestingly enough, uh, the monoclonals have had good good uh, response rate from those that don't want to be vaccinated. They're like, I'll, t- I'll take the monoclonal. Yeah. Like, huh? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's more experimental probably than the, <laughs> than than the, the vaccine. vaccine is. Yeah. yeah. Just somewhere along the line, vac- the vaccines got politicized. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll see an, an end to all that. So what do you ever think about buying another pharmacy, having more than one? Uh, no, the the thought had crossed my mind for like a second, um, but there's just so much to do at one pharmacy, you know, and there's so much so much that's untapped. Yeah. And, you nice. know, to, to, to have multiple pharmacies, unless you're, you know, you have to have a specific mindset, like, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reasonably happy with 80% of efficiency at all stores, right? It's kind of like you have to have that kind of mind. Like, are you able to, you know, have these stores and not micromanage? Because if you want, if you're going to micromanage, you're going to kill yourself, right? right. Mm-hmm. So you have to have an acceptable percentage of inefficiency at each store. And um, yeah, I, it's, it's just not me. I, yeah, I need it to be running. Yeah, you need it yeah, to be per- running efficiently. well. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as you have lots of untapped potential in your existing pharmacy, I, you know, hey, and and you seem to be loving it, loving what you're doing and, and making good progress, I, I I like sticking with the with the one kind of concept. So yeah. So my staff though, they we keep adding things and it it uh you know, there's just so much going on. You have to be you you have to be pretty well trained to work to work mm-hmm. here, I think. Yeah. So yeah, you having trouble with staff? You having trouble hiring yeah. people, keeping people? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So at one point it was, you know, hire whoever whoever comes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's how it used to be. Wow. And now I I've I figured um, I've learned something, um, and it's uh, sometimes it's best uh, to hire outside, you know, not outside of pharmacy, for instance, like someone that's really good at retail, right? Mm-hmm. Really good at customer service, and they have the learning capacity to learn something new, right? right. I think that's the best way. And you start huh. them off as clerks, and then you train mm-hmm. them to be technicians. So I have um, I have some clerks that I've trained. Um, to become technicians and so they're completing their uh, they've completed their coursework now we're waiting to turn in their applications uh, to become technicians nice i think that's great advice so you know just reaching outside of the profession and trying to you know hire people and and bring them up yeah um you know that's one of the things that we uh well i guess we kind of went opposite you know when we looked at the the model of support we decided it was easier to teach a pharmacy tech Pioneer X software than mm-hmm. teach somebody who is, it was easier to teach a pharmacy tech how to do customer service uh-huh. than it was to take a customer service person and teach them pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the other way, but the same kind of thinking, I think. Yeah. Thinking outside yeah. of the box of what normal people would do. Just go hire somebody who's used to doing customer support. Well, no, we're going to hire somebody well, who's used to working in a pharmacy, pharmacy and, and then, and teach, and then teach them how to do software support. So, 
Yeah. So I, th- I think the problem with hiring outside in pharmacy is we, you know, you, you were an old dog doing old tricks, right? right. So you yeah. had bad habits. You come in with bad habits. Uh, you, you know, your work ethic is different, you know, so that's why we, we try to home, homegrown them, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. homegrown them. So that's, that was the idea, uh, behind that. And, you know, it, you know, it takes a while to learn drugs, learn insurance billing, you know, but uh, like anything, it's repetition, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you just keep doing it over and over and over and over again until it becomes second nature. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, Mark was definitely jealous that I got this podcast with you today. And it's <laughs> definitely been um, enjoyable to get to know you because I think I'm the only person out of the podcast group that has never met you. So um, I've definitely learned a lot and um, definitely enjoyable. I look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, as, And I say this multiple times, just wanted to thank you for all you do. Um, I was telling you, you know, every time I look around, I see your name somewhere helping somebody, answering somebody's question on a forum or, or answering somebody's question in an idea. And, um, you know, that doesn't directly benefit you that you're doing that because you care about people and and uh, care about your profession and, and making things successful. And I think that's that's uh, not only only honorable, but um, I think it's probably a key piece of your success. You know, it's just that you, you probably Absolutely. have that same feeling for your patients and for your, your employees and just an all around passionate and, person. And I, I do learn a lot from everyone else too. So it's, it's, you know, it's a two way street, you know, so that's, you know, it's like just share your knowledge, give a little back. And then maybe that person knows something that they can teach you. Yep. So, so I'm going to throw all one last together. little question here. So who in the pharmacy industry would you say is, is most influential, influential to you? Who in the pharmacy industry? Or maybe you have some other people in CPSN. Yep. Um, yeah, actually, actually that's what we, we do. Uh, we do chat a lot on CPSN yep. California. So we shoot ideas and stuff like yeah, that. So that's your, your crew is your CPSN California crew. I would say definitely. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Bruno, it's been fun. Likewise. If I don't talk to you before, have a great holiday and a happy new year and uh, look forward to all the things next year will bring us. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.